and I've done a lot of pictures and it was just an experience that I just don't think like you can replicate like or ever go through again it was I'm glad obviously I did it but um it was just horrific like it wasn't fun <laughs> it was just, and it was very surreal like for me watching it as a I've been watching that as, since I was a kid and and then you walk into that den and you just see these people who you've seen for so long and like the den you kind of like noticing things that are actually just like yeah it's just crazy <laughs> I wouldn't do it again Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. This podcast is brought to you by Barclays Eagle Labs. National network of Eagle Labs provides entrepreneurs, individuals, and ambitious businesses with the space, tools, and confidence to innovate and scale. Barclays offers co-working and office space, structured mentoring, events designed to help businesses grow, industry and corporate transformation, and access to new and emerging technologies. To date, they have 18 locations, helping 378 businesses with 1,380 co-workers. Go to labs.uk.barclays. Welcome to episode 111 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, I welcome Daniel Pawson, co-founder of C-Chips. If you like food and drink startup scale-up stories, then you'll certainly enjoy this podcast. And if you happen to live near or around London, you'll also enjoy our next live event, March the 13th at one of the WeWorks in London. To get 20% off, simply go to Eventbrite, enter um, Screw It, Just Do It, all in lowercase in the promo code to get your ticket to come and join um, five amazing um, entrepreneurs who all have experience in the food and drink business, uh, a number of which have been on this show, um, including Gray CEO Anthony Fletcher, Sorted Foods Jamie Spafford, uh, Chris Ingham from Rejuvenation Drinks, to name but three. So on to today's show. And Dan started his career um, by working as a chef at three Michelin-starred restaurants. He also later became a private chef to celebrities like Kylie Minogue after winning several cookery competitions across the UK and overseas. However, one thing stood out for him was the tremendous amount of food waste that he saw over the course of his career. Therein lay the idea for using recycled salmon skin to make consumer-friendly snacks about two years ago now. So Daniel and his business partner, Dominic Smith, decided to ask fishmongers in the UK for salmon skin as it had the perfect thickness and comes out high in nutrients um, after being cooked. 63 grams of protein per 100 grams and full of omega-3s. So really interesting story. Um, At the moment, you may have just seen Daniel on Dragon's Den turning down an offer of £30,000 for a 35% stake. Already had uh, an inquiry, an offer from a gentleman called 
um, Jonathan Brown, who is now a shareholder of C-Chips. Um, he also owns 10% of the salmon market in the US and has over 30 years of salmon processing experience, according to Daniel. So pretty amazing mentor and investor to, to come across. You'll hear the full story um, now. Um, and without further ado, let's start up. So yeah, you seem to be uh, on fire at the moment. Is that is that just um, you know what it's like most people? Oh, it's an overnight success story. But but meanwhile, behind the scenes, like the rest of us, everyone's taken ten years to to get where they're uh, hoping yeah. to be. So I mean, so I'm actually I'm 25 now, and to be fair, this is my third company. Yeah, um, I saw that. The first one was like a mobile event caterer, which it didn't fail. It just didn't particularly make a lot of money. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I went on to start an internet business, which to be fair, it, that, I was doing that for a few years and that to be fair, pretty much failed. Um, and then with C-Chips, you know, we came up with the idea about the end of 2016 mm-hmm. and it kind of just took us, I mean, up until probably six months ago, I mean, maybe even less, like maybe three or four months ago to really kind of have everything in place, mainly yeah. being manufacturing. Yeah, classic, um, isn't it? Yeah. Just... It wasn't even like, I mean, obviously everyone does struggle with it, but mm. for us it was, um, like if you if I had a potato crisp company, yeah. I could have just got it outsourced to many of the different manufacturers, but because no one knew how to deal with fish skins <laughs> yeah. uh, and no one knew anything about it, it was like, right, you know, instead of, we could have gone abroad potentially, mm. but we just thought like, let's just hold out. And it did take, you know, add like an extra year of kind of, pain and stress <laughs> but um i think now it's worth it and we've got an awesome factory and you know we're the largest producer of them mm. um, you know and people are now coming to us you know we've had everyone from fortnum and mason wanted us to produce to um to um uh, i can't probably mention some names but you know some yeah. big kind of like snack brands who've come and asked really us them, that's yeah. amazing that is amazing. So, yeah. that, that, that's, that knows when you're onto a good thing when people start approaching you. Um, that's something I've learned along the way. Without you, you're not chasing people; they're actually uh, calling you up. That, that's amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like I think that was in our strategy. To be honest, it was we um, we've never like uh, we've barely ever approached a retailer. All of them have come to us because uh, we've had I've had this kind of focus on let's just like create noise. Like even before yeah. we even launched or could make the product, we were like making noise and actually we couldn't even produce them yet. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, like retailers queuing up. So. And when you mentioned the, the manufacturing, um, without going into massive detail, obviously for, for the uninitiated, but um, how is that process and how did you go about explaining that, I suppose, to, to, to the manufacturers and, and finding someone who actually um, bought into that and, and completely got what you were trying to achieve? Um, sorry, in terms of the invest, in terms, in terms of, of like the manufacturing, yeah. How, how does that process work with the fish skin? How long? How long does that process take? So, initially, when we were making it in like a small production kitchen, and I was basically making every crisp myself. Um, yeah, we used to get the skins in, and then we would wash them, boil them, dehydrate them. So we had loads of dehydrators, and we lay them all down, which took ages. Mm. Um, we dehydrate for like eight hours. Um, and then we pop them in like a shallow fryer. Like yeah. basically at the time it was just like a big um, pan. And, and then season them. And what we used to use was um, <laughs> like a massive industrial salad spinner. 
Okay, like, yeah, and that yeah. would like spin all the oil off as well. Because ah, um, yeah. that was our issue is we're getting oil on the crisps. Mm. Um, so that was when it was very, very small scale. Now, you know, we've inve- invested a lot of money and um, we've got like a basic, we just call it a huge cooker and it basically mimics the same um, process we were doing before. So you put the, put the skins into this cooker and at first it kind of um, dehydrates them and kind of removes the moisture. Yeah with a high airflow and then as it goes through you can increase the heat and you're basically replicating frying but it's actually they're just getting baked okay, um, okay. Give the same kind of finish um and then at the very very end it basically gets all the oil blown off of like a basically a huge fan um right that, so that was my get, question i was going to then kind of lead on to then surely it's still going to be quite oily and then you've got the packaging mm-hmm. issue um yep so no we're actually drier Huh. than they were before a lot drier um we, we just get i'm really impressed like to fair with the finish we get on the product and then they all get put in like a big container um and seasoned up i mean we are about to buy a big um vffs machine uh, which will allow us to to bag more but right now we still kind of produce ten thousand packs a day really so mm. it's not it's it's not needed necessarily right now but no. we're coming up to that point really yeah and, and where can people get hold of seed chips at the moment then daniel so whole foods sell them mm-hmm. you can buy them um, on amazon we're launching around 100 around 100 independents up and down the uk and the list is being released very soon on our website as well we've just launched with muscle foods which is going live in the, end of the yes, month i saw that as well yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah, good good partnership because with that um when we create the product it was never let's create a real high protein kind of nutritional beneficial snack right it was just okay. something we really liked mm. and then once we did some more research and got nutritional analysis it was like wow it's massive like, this yeah, is like yeah. really insane and obviously that at this point like it's such a massive market yeah so again people at muscle foods obviously just found it you know, founders and, you know, we're on the highest protein snacks in the market. And it's kind of like by accident. Yeah, <laughs> got to be, got to be. Yeah. So um, that's a really cool launch. And we've had a lot of interest. We have GB athletes, um, <sighs> runners who all use our product. Of all. Wow. So You can create some not... great content around that. I'm sure you're already, your, your mind's probably spinning at the amount of stuff that you could, you could spin off the back of that if, you, if you, you're working with athletes and, um, you know, with mm. big, big competitions coming out, like Rugby World Cup, Olympics, World Championships, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Well, I've got, we've got a few plans, and I think with Muscle, well, with Muscle Foods, we've created a really cool kind of marketing campaign, like a joint one. Mm. So, you know, we'll hopefully be able to access their kind of influencers and really yeah. kind of get into the hands of people who um, who will appreciate our product and can kind of spread the word for us. Um, but, yeah, it definitely aligns with a lot of, and nutritionally focused and health conscious people or products so and that were, what was the original plan then? so that that what the original plan wasn't to build like a, a high protein content snack it was simply to create a a snack based on what was a, a waste product for a lot of people would you say yeah i mean so when the idea came around when i was just literally uh, me and my co-founder dom we were in the kitchen and we just kept throwing all this fish skin away and when we baked the fish um and then when we started to garnish dishes, people would kind of encourage us to, um, to kind of bag it up because they said it tasted amazing. Right. And as in more research, you know, fishmongers were telling were telling us, you know, why do you need this salmon skin? And they were giving it to us just for free because <laughs> they just wanted <laughs> to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, until it got a bit bigger, we had to kind of sort out a bit of payment for it. But um, 
Yeah, like it just it was going to waste. And then when you do more research, you look at like the facts. And the end of the day, like you know, over half of what gets caught is thrown to waste in the UK. There's mm. a massive amount of waste, and we thought this product we could use it to kind of raise awareness around this and yeah. kind of show people, you know, without a little bit of love and um, you know some hard work, you can kind of bring a product that was otherwise known as a waste product and actually create something quite luxurious. And um, that's what we kind of did. And that was a point with kind of launching with Harrods, um, you know, Whole Foods and Phoenix, all these retailers are such kind of high profiled and you, you kind of, they epitomize kind of your know, luxury. Um, so I think it was quite a kind of, I guess, a good proud achievement mm. to get a stock there. So we kind of, I guess, achieve that kind of, that mission to kind of create a, you know, a luxury product out of waste. Yeah, and you know every, everybody I speak to who who really has found a niche and is is popular um, with consumers tell you know it's one of those marmite things really you you, you don't want to appeal to everybody you want to you know have a, a core following of people and other people who equally don't, simply don't get or don't like what you're doing and I, I could imagine with yourselves um, like with those people approaching you now people who get it and, and see it and other people are like well that, that's not for me but that's exactly what you want isn't it yeah exactly i mean we knew obviously i mean salmon skin uh chris were gonna be you know a marmite kind of product i mean mm. in other countries I don't think twice about it but especially in england we can be a bit fussy i was gonna say like we- far east and, and you know traveling like hong kong and um mainland china and these things see things like like literally chicken feet in a cellophane packet yeah. in the chilled section you're like wow okay well any anything goes clearly yeah exactly <laughs> and i think we what we did we brought the kind of product back from um asia but gave it kind of more of a traditional british uh take or kind of maybe european take on it yeah and your pa- packaging looks great product. it's a lot more um western i'd say yeah mm, but people do um you know people are kind of so when they hear about us, they kind of like either say, you know, this is just sounds disgusting, <laughs> or like, <laughs> oh, that's my that's right up my street. And yeah. I think the best way to kind of simplify it is either saying it's a healthy kind of pork scratching, or or basically if you eat the crispy salmon skin at home, then you're gonna like them. Yeah. Um, in general, so that's kind of a good way of kind of finding out if you're gonna like it or not before you try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and how did you decide on 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 flavors then initially? Was that was that trial and error? The, the two of you putting your head together and just trying mm-hmm. some stuff? No. So what we wanted to do was we knew this product was going to slightly alienate a few people, and we wanted to keep the focus on the salmon skin crisp. So we didn't want to go and do crazy flavors. If you look at kind of other crisp brands or other even snack products. Everyone's keeping that same base, but they're just doing crazier and crazier flavors. You know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love yeah, yeah. truffle, but like, yeah. don't want it on my crisp. Like, I do like them, but it's just, I mean, kind of wanting to go the other way and change the base of the product and then go back to flavors that we all love. Like, yeah. what's wrong with salt and vinegar? Like, what's wrong with salted and, you know, lime and chili? Kind of three of the most popular traditional British flavors. And, you know, it went well, it was simple, and it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of elevated the crisp, but just didn't um, take over from the fact that the focus is on the salmon skin. Mm. So I'm thinking exactly what you what you said. I think when you're thinking of people doing crazier flavors, I'm thinking like you, know, <laughs> you get like proper corn, or you get like snaffling pig from like Nick Coleman and those guys just trying out um, really rad flavors and, and seeing what works and, and what doesn't yeah. work. I think it's fair enough, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. love you know, I love um, snaffling pig. I think they're amazing. Um, they are, one of those brands yeah. we look up to, um, but obviously, I think. 
uh, maybe there's only so much you can do with a pot scratching and you know, you know in terms of innovation mm. it's just about bringing out more flavors um whereas i think we wanted to kind of really look at how can we actually change the base of the crisp and just keep it natural keep it kind of healthy and when this episode uh, goes out, um, still relatively recent would have been your appearance on Dragon's Den. But what probably a lot of people don't realise that was probably filmed. Was it about a year ago now? Oh yeah. So well, that was the thing. It was filmed over a year ago, wow. and we that was our initial product. You know, that was a product I was making by hand, each and every crisp. It was still getting fried. The mm. packaging wasn't great. It was a first version. Um, so you maybe things would have been slightly different in the den if we'd gone on with this product, but to be honest, it came out a lot better than I thought it could. I think right. they were quite nice to me in terms of the editing team. So <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken to that many people who've been on the show and, um, I've yet to meet one person. You might tell me different who said they would do it again. Oh God, no. Worst. It was not, oh God, it was honestly terrifying like i've done a lot of pictures yeah and it was just an experience that i just don't think like you can replicate like or ever go through again it was i'm glad obviously i did it but um <laughs> yeah. it was just horrific like oh, it wasn't man. fun <laughs> oh that's so funny it was just, and it was very surreal like for me watching it as a i've been watching that as since i was a kid yeah and, absolutely and then you walk into that den and you just see these people who've seen for so long and like the den you kind of like noticing things that are actually just like yeah it's just crazy <laughs> i wouldn't do it again <laughs> and you know i'm kind of glad having seen it that you, you did turn it down because he, he was asking for such a large share for a relatively small amount of money yeah i mean you know if it would been a fair offer you know we would have probably have taken a dragon i mean it's worked out well now um, and I think just little things that just got taken the wrong way yeah. in the den, you know, Peter wasn't happy with uh, me kind of valuing our other investor mm. or the, the offer on the table kind of more than him. And um, I only went on the den with like an, at that point, it was just an offer on the table. Yeah. So it was just that like, I wasn't saying I was definitely going to take this guy's investment, um, but he just took that super badly. <laughs> and I thought that would help me kind of like be able to no- negotiate a, a good deal, but yeah. it really didn't. <laughs> oh man. And, and, but obviously, as you say, th- things have worked out for the better. And, um, t- tell us a little bit about the, uh, the investment and, and the type of guy who, uh, who Jonathan Brown is and a little bit on his backstory. Mm, so Jonathan Brown started in the salmon industry when he was about 18 and he was one of the first people to, um, to smoke, um, salmon in Cumbria. And he just started started small, and then as he kind of got bigger, he went and moved his operations to uh, Miami, which has been based for kind of the past eighteen years. Although he's now moving back, um, right. he owns, for example, ten percent of the salmon market in the U.S. Wow! And he and he supplies <laughs> all um, you know all around the world really for smoked salmon, and he does other products from salmon bacon to salmon burgers, and he makes some really other cool investments mm. within kind of. Um, fish i guess um and yeah he's quite he's the ambassador for trey for dominica so the when there was a big hurricane there he hired five private jets to go and send aid over there wow um so he's kind of impressive yeah he gets involved a lot of charity stuff i think he really liked what we were trying to do with our brand and you know we also had a large focus on 
ocean charities, which he loved. Mm. And, you know, he'd been using, he'd been looking for a way to, to use his salmon skin because he was just wasting so much. Um, you know, he's basically paying to get it thrown away. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, what an opportunity for you. Came around. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, you, you, you can only assume 10% of the salmon market in the US is, is pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the thing what's crazy about him, um, which is so impressive, is he hasn't taken on like, outside investment. It's just him. He owns the whole company. Does he? Uh, and it's just wow. like... And, and, you know, the large competitor is these huge, huge like corporations, the mm. next one. And yet he's still, you know, I could email him now and he'll reply in five minutes. That's <laughs> like, phenomenal. He's just, he's on it. Like, he's just absolutely, you know, he's everywhere. He flies around uh, kind of the world, but he's just always, you know, there when you need him. So, so far he's been a huge help and he's just kind of guided us and given, given us access to his team, to be honest. You know, he's got a really good team behind him and yeah. I can literally just go and, you know, speak to his team and if it's a sales director or whoever and just get advice you know, so um, yeah, it's definitely really good to have him on the team. Must be just from, despite everything else, but just from the contacts point of view, let alone his his advice and, and the business that he's in and the knowledge he's already got. Mm, yeah, I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface of kind of his kind of contacts. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, we've got the manufacturing sorted now, and yeah, he, a lot of his contacts are in the US. So we do have kind of a hopefully exciting US launch when we're ready. Um, I was going to say, is that is that on the? Um... It is on the cards. Yeah. yeah, we've got a lot to do in the UK, and yeah. we've had a lot of interest on other places. I just think because Jonathan's now come on board, it's kind of brought the US maybe a bit closer forward to kind of the next launch place. Yeah, yeah. Um, just purely because he's you know he could, he's got access to every retailer there basically and every buyer and he, distribution's not a problem and yeah it's kind of just I guess it's kind of almost low hanging fruit. Yeah. But certainly sounds like it, it, it's worked out uh, for the better compared to uh, the appearance on Dragon's Den. Um, and just tell me a little bit um, of people who don't know the story. Uh, before I do that, actually, so did Jonathan have interest? Did you approach him or did he, again, another example of somebody hearing the noise that you were making, getting in touch with you? Yeah, so he actually, <laughs> it's quite a funny story. Um, he just messaged us on Instagram oh. and he says, like, I have loads of salmon skins we should talk and i just we kind of get a fair few of these messages and to be honest i just ignored it at first because we were speaking to no. him with a lot of investors at the time and i didn't know he was who he was mm. and just someone mentioned the name jonathan brown to me and i went why is that name ring a bell and it's because i remember because because this message i went back to the message and looked into it yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, and how, how old was the message at that point? Dan, how, how old was the message when you went back to it? Um, it, was, it was a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So considerable. Then, yeah. Like, we had, yeah, we had a conversation and he flew to London and we went um, we went to this meeting at the Hari Hotel in London. He took me out for lunch and kind of he told me what he could offer. And that, at that point, what he was offering really was just a – to help us with our manufacturing. He says, mm. you know, I can make these for you. I can, um, and by the end of it, we got on really well. And I said, well, look, would you be interested actually investing? We're looking for investing investment. And also I can see what you could bring to the team. And that's actually how the investment then came about. So initially it was just wow. kind of, he wanted to support the manufacturing. Yeah. But after kind of talking, you know, we kind of got on really well and yeah. <laughs> 
Amazing, amazing. Um, and, and just a little bit on on your background. How did you get into um, food and drink industry? Because as you said at the start, mm-hmm. um, you had a couple of businesses before this one. But as I understand, you you left school at sixteen to pursue a career in um, in that industry. Anyway, is that right? Yeah. So I started as a chef when I was about 15. I worked for a really well-known chef and he kind of, I guess, taught me a lot of the kind of discipline and how to kind of really focus and just taught me a lot of um, kind of working kind of skills. And from there, I went, I was a private chef for um, athletes and VIPs, you know, and now the London 2012 Olympics. So I've cooked for people like um, Kylie Minogue (laughs) and some celebrities like that. Yeah. I then went on to do some training under the Rue Brothers at the Free Mission Star restaurant in Bray. Um, I've, I was a chef in Spain, and I've kind of won competitions locally and internationally. Um, and then, yeah, then I kind of around 21-ish, I started kind of getting into more business projects mm. um, and kind of trying to find the right one. I think with the internet business, chef database it was kind of linkedin for chefs and it was really you know still is was a really good idea mm. it was just for me it wasn't like what i specialized in because it was very technology focused whereas yeah. all my experience and my passion was food so after a couple of years i kind of stepped away from that and i then kind of was looking for kind of how i could focus and get back into the kind of the hands-on kind of food business mm. which is what i'm good at you know i can develop a product you know i can um, yeah, it just kind of was more in line with my skills and it kind of obviously actually interests me. Yeah. Um, so. so it was interesting. I was just thinking, I was chatting earlier, a friend of mine, Danny, who's um, a chef and he used to be, um, he toured, he was a chef for, for bands. So he's literally toured with everyone from like Eminem to, nice. to Bono. And yeah, there's the stories he could tell. And then he was um, chef on Fatboy Slim's boat, which I had the, I had the pleasure of being wow. on for a, for a week in Sardinia and, and saw literally how the other half lived. Um, that, that sounded quite similar to your story, um, you know, with, with Kylie Minogue and, and yeah. other, other celebrities like that. Um, in, interesting life, but you, you didn't want to pursue the, um the chef route then um i guess no i kind of um i love you know and i still do cook a lot and it's still kind of you know my top kind of passion um but i guess i just a lot i lost a lot of the love for it mm. when you work in in kind of that intense restaurant environment yeah and cooking is actually probably a few hours of the kind of 17 hour shift you're doing the rest is you know washing veg <laughs> yeah. you know cleaning uh, that's kind of the, the life of a chef, and which is fine. And but I just think I wanted a little bit more, and I felt like I could kind of do something bigger. And I guess that's why business has always interested me. And the only two subjects at school I was kind of any good at um, <laughs> was food tech and, and business. So I kind of knew I was going to go down that avenue. So you've you've traded uh, one seventeen hour uh, cycle for for another with being a startup <laughs> yeah. now scale up business I'd say <laughs> yeah it was I mean even obviously I still pull some long hours with the business but it's just totally different and when you're a chef it's very like high pressure and, and intense and physical yeah. whereas I think but once you finish your shift then that's it mm. whereas I think with the business it's slightly more chilled in terms of for me what I'm used to because I can just kind of do it on a computer yeah yeah um from wherever 
okay yeah. he never switched off as the one thing but um i still think you know chefing is pretty <laughs> pretty intense to be honest if well, you're at the high level yeah i think anyone who's seen uh, any cookery program um you know be it a Gordon Ramsay or, or whoever it might be, just looks at that and goes like, why would anybody want to go into that <laughs> high-pressured, uh, intensive environment and, and have to do it, you know, like five, six, seven days a week, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just obsession, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's just kind of, for me, that it was just what I was obsessed with from a young age and I kind of put all my focus into it. So to honest, I'd, I had no kind of backup plan. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> anything else. Um, and, and just to finish off, um, I'm sure you're a very busy man um, at the moment with all these future plans. But um, what's the um, – so for 2019, by the end of the year, I'm, I'm assuming one of the goals is to be that someone can literally rock up to their nearest Waitrose, Marks and Spencers, whatever, and, and find your products. Um, and secondly, personally, how can people maybe get in touch with yourself who, who are looking at pursuing a, a similar route? Yeah, so by 2009, well, the end of so – what, what am I going to do at the end of this year? Mm. By the end of the year. Um, we are in talks with a few of the big retailers, as you probably expect. There is something – one in particular is very exciting and hopefully will be quite an imminent um, – announcement about mm-hmm. um but i think again we're trying to really focus on that kind of nutrition so gym groups we're speaking to i think that's actually a really good target market and online yeah. right now um and yeah so i think we'll hopefully get one or two kind of big supermarket launches um and again more independence fishmongers up and down the uk want you know a basket of sea chips there um and then, well, in terms of how people can get in touch with me. Yeah, what's the best way people can connect with yourself? Uh, LinkedIn, I think, is an amazing tool. And it's something I, I've got so much, um, I guess, leads from there and made some really good contacts. Mm. So LinkedIn, you know, I, I always, um, yeah, reply to a LinkedIn message as long as it's not a <laughs> PR or something. We all, we all get those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I, I get more from LinkedIn than any other platform. It's just been yeah. gold dust. I think it's amazing. Honestly, I mean, I'm. Uh, I literally, I remember someone from Man City Football Club liked one of my posts, and just like I just oh. literally met him saying a bit cheeky, but any scope for me supplying the Man City, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Man City players, and and there I am. Like you know, this Friday I'm off to meet to meet them all. Are you? Sort of thing. No yeah. way. And it's just like that's insane. It's, it's literally just a, you know an off the cuff message and yeah. things like that. I think LinkedIn is really good for. And well if any you. business owner isn't using it, it's just like you're crazy. So if you enjoyed hearing Daniel's story there. Um, then you'll certainly like the live event we have in London, how to start a food or drink business on March the 13th at WeWork, one of the WeWorks in London. You just need to go to the Screw It, Just Do It Eventbrite page. Always enter Screw It, Just Do It in lower case and you'll get 20% off all of our events. So if you're in or around the London area, we've got some pretty awesome uh, entrepreneurs speaking, including the CEO of Grey's, Anthony Fletcher, uh, Chris Ingham from Rejuvenation Water, um, Dan Broughton from Dalston's Soda Company, Sorted Foods, Jamie Spafford, number one YouTube food online food channel, um, and also got the Double Dutch Sisters um, coming along to join us 
um, as well, Raisa and Joyce. So a um, couple of things to take away, a whole bunch of things I could talk about, but um, strategic partnerships, um, we seem very, um, what's the word, uh, shy in making them in the UK in, in a lot of industries, whereas the US, they really embrace that kind of thing to grow your business. You know, Don't uh, be shy about hiding away what you do. Um, you can grow your business with partnerships quite dramatically. Um, next week's episode with um, Roger Woodall from Bournemouth Sevens will illustrate that fact as well. Um, another thing is LinkedIn, um, you know, using what tools are available to, to connect with people to, again, move your business forward. Um, LinkedIn's been amazing for me, as mentioned in the podcast, along with um, Daniel as well. You'll be amazed at the amount of people who get back to you via that method compared to trying to email people. Um, seems to get a far quicker response. Uh, really, really works for me. So don't be afraid to use the tools um, that are available to you. Um, and don't be afraid to keep your options open. Um, you know, it's not always necessary to take the first offer that's on the table, um, as in this in instance with investment, with Dragon's Den. Um, you know, keep your powder dry. Um, certainly see what's out there, but don't be afraid to, um, to keep your options open. Um, and again, standing on the shoulders of giants, reading a book recently about this, and um, you can see Daniel embracing that here with uh, his investor and utilizing those contacts to look at then overseas markets, um, growth in the UK, getting that factory um, specific to what they do built. Um, don't be afraid at all to stand on the shoulders of giants to get you to where you want to be. And lastly, don't be scared with fear comes growth. So putting yourself on something like Dragon's Den might have been the worst experience of Daniel's life, but it's led him to where he is now uh, virtually a year later, which is um, absolutely killing it and uh, looking like a red hot commodity in the food and drink sector. Until next week, have a great week. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup U community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup U Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally. It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. 
And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe. And I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screwitjustdoit to enter.